Turn with me to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. And we continue to look at uh, the parables that Jesus uh, taught us this summer. And uh, we're going to do verses 1 through 10, looking at two parables this morning that are very similar, the lost sheep and the lost coin. And it's one of the reasons we read from John 10 earlier. Let us hear God's word. Now all the tax collectors and the sinners were coming near to him to listen to him. Both the Pharisees and scribes began to grumble, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. And so he told them this parable, saying, What man among you, if he has a hundred sheep and has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open pasture and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, if she has ten silver coins and loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin which I had lost. In the same way I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And again, that is God's word. Let's pray. Father, we, give, we pray for grace uh, today uh, as we look together at your word. And I pray that you would uh, calm my emotions, that you would help me to think clearly over this text, that you would overrule in my frailty and my weakness, and that your word would go forth today in power, in the power of the Spirit of God. And we pray that you would use your word effectively in our lives to accomplish your perfect will in us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm using uh, several different books as I study and prepare for these sermons on the parable. And some of them organize the parables in different ways uh, they categorize them and kind of group them together I was interested to see this week where those authors placed these parables of the lost sheep and the lost coin one author placed them under the parables of salvation he calls them uh, another placed these two parables under the heading parables of living in God's kingdom uh, but one of the books I'm using uh, placed it under the heading Parables of the Father's Heart. And boy, I really like that. The Parables of the Father's Heart. You know, we call these two parables the parable of lost sheep and the parable of lost coin. But the focus really isn't on that which was lost. But the focus is on 
the shepherd who went looking for the lost sheep, and the woman who searched diligently for the lost coin. And in these parables, it's a picture of our Heavenly Father seeking us out, finding us, and bringing us to Himself. You know, some of the parables Jesus told are are kind of difficult to figure out, but these two are clear as day. Uh, They do show us the Father's love. The Father's love in seeking the lost and bringing them salvation and rejoicing over their rescue. Several things this morning. First, as we've been doing, let's begin with the context. What is the context of these two parables? It's very helpful, again, always to see any text, but especially these parables, in the context in which Jesus told them. Quite often, these parables are told to a particular group of people, or they were arose out of a particular situation or response to a particular question that Jesus asked. And that's what we find here. The situation was that the scribes and Pharisees were complaining, grumbling, the Bible says, about the kind of people that were hanging around Jesus. Now these two parables really are part of a trilogy. That is, three parables are found here in Luke 15, all of them very similar. The third one is the parable of the prodigal son. We've already looked at that earlier in this series. And so taken together, these three parables are about a lost sheep, a lost coin, and a lost son. And the setting of these parables is the same, and that is uh, the scribes and Pharisees were complaining about the characters Jesus was spending time now, Jesus was very, very busy, early, especially early in his ministry. During the height of Jesus' ministry, it was extremely popular. These huge crowds were following Jesus. And he had drawn a lot of attention to himself. One of the best descriptions of that is found in Matthew chapter 4. If you have your Bible, you want to turn back to Matthew chapter 4 with me for just a second. Kind of sets, I think, the whole framework. And, and sometimes we pull texts out of... Uh, where they are and we forget what was taking place in Jesus' ministry. Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 through 25. Jesus is going about throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness among the people. The news about him spread throughout all Syria and they brought to him all who were ill, those suffering with various diseases and pains, demoniacs, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. Large crowds, it says, followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis and Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. And so it's clear that Jesus is drawing all this attention. Large crowds from various areas were following him as he went about proclaiming the gospel of God as he ministered in the power of God, as he claimed to be the Son of God. Now, of course, that concerned the Jews, especially concerned the Jewish religious leaders, particularly the scribes and the Pharisees. Jesus made them nervous because he was upsetting their traditions, their rituals, and everything in which they had become very comfortable. 
And again, they were also very troubled by the company that Jesus kept. The Pharisees were essentially isolationists. They didn't have much to do with the common guy or the common sinner in particular. Many times when they, thank you, many times when they uh, prayed, they would pray in public, but it was really in isolation from other people. And they didn't rub shoulders with the common man very much. And Jesus did, you know. Jesus mingled with the undesirables. The Bible tells us about him spending time with tax collectors. Going to dinner parties where there were undesirables present. Of attracting people that made the scribes and Pharisees extremely nervous. And that's what is happening here in Luke 15. Verse 1. It says, now all the tax collectors and the sinners were coming to him to listen to him. And we have the response of the Pharisees and scribes in verse 2. Both the Pharisees and the scribes began to grumble, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. And then in verse 3, Jesus' response is this parable that he gives uh, the par- these two parables, really three, the parable of lost sheep, lost coin, and lost son. This morning we're going to look at the first two. So that's the context. Second, I want us to look at the lost objects in these parables. And, you know, that is the basic similarity that we find in these parables. Something is lost. In one of the parables it's a sheep, and in the other parable it's a coin. In the first parable, Jesus describes a man who has a hundred sheep. And uh, he realized one day that one of those sheep was missing. Uh, it had wandered from the flock and it had become lost. Uh, you know, the shepherd knew his sheep. You know, when Jesus says the shepherd knows his sheep, that has an historical context to it. People can identify that because shepherds, of course, were very common in Jesus' day. And it was the shepherd's job to know their sheep. And especially to know how many sheep they had and to keep up with those sheep. The shepherds would uh, count their sheep and they would, uh, throughout the day, make sure that all the sheep were there. And if one of them came up missing, it was their responsibility to go look for it. My first church had a number of farmers in it. Uh, The church was in town. But uh, we had several families who drove in from their farms out in the county. They didn't raise sheep, but they raised cows. And much like it describes here, at least by insinuation, the text, these people knew their herds. They knew their, their cows. They knew how many there were supposed to be. And they would count, usually every morning and every evening. They would count to make sure that those cows were all there. And if they found one missing, they would go look for where the fence was down, and they would go look for that lost or missing cow. And that's what we have here. The shepherd is counted, and he realizes that one of the sheep is missing. And so he immediately leaves the other 99 who are still in the field and looking for that one that was missing. Now, he probably didn't leave the other 99 unprotected. There were probably other shepherds there to watch over and guard them but he did go look for the one that was lost and when the shepherd found that sheep Jesus says that he uh, found it in verse 5 he 
laid it on his shoulders and he brought that sheep uh, back home. And when he arrived home, he called in his friends and called in his family. It was a big deal. The lost sheep had been found. Rejoice with me, he says. For, he says, I have found my sheep that was lost. Well, the second parable is very similar. Here the lost object is not a sheep, but it's a coin. The woman in the parable had uh, ten silver coins. may have been part of her dowry. may have been a part of her headdress. There were women in those days who wore a headdress, usually embedded with expensive coins, much like a woman today will wear a, a diamond ring that is embedded with, with diamonds. And she realized one day that one of those coins was missing. Now, again, you have to put yourself back in the situation of, of that day. Houses people lived in then were far different. You know, was, when we think of a house, we only think of the house in, like, in which we live. Well, the houses then were far different. Very small, usually one-room homes. Usually very dark. Didn't have big open windows like we have in our houses today. But usually there were openings near the top. So you see, so the rain couldn't come in. Openings near the top that gave a little bit of light. And dirt floors. And so this woman, when she finds that her coin is missing, what does she do? She takes a lamp to provide some light, and she gets a broom. Again, don't think about a nice woven broom like today, kind of ragged kind of piece of a broom. And she went over that dirt floor with that lamp, searching for that lost coin. Until finally, she saw it. And she picked it up. And, and she did the same thing that the shepherd did when she found the coin. She called in her family. And she called in her friends and said, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. As you think about these two parables, what is it that strikes you most about them? For me, as I read these parables, it's, it's the deep concern that the shepherd had for the lost sheep and, and the concern this woman had for the lost coin. It is clear that they were of great value to them. That sheep, it was just one of 99, but it meant a lot to that shepherd. The coin was one of ten. She had nine more. But it was of great value to her. So much so that when they realized it was missing, they could not rest until they went and found it. Now can't you identify with that? I can identify with that somehow. Ever lost something that's valuable or necessary or important? You know, for me, it's usually my keys or my phone but I don't know about you but when I lose them when I misplace them there's no peace for me or my home I am steadily looking trying to find what I've lost and when I find them, I say, hey, I want to share it. 
Hey, I found my keys. I found my phone. And that's what we have in this, this text is something of great value to the shepherd, of great value to the woman. And they can't rest until they find what has been lost. And then third, we need to look at the, the meaning of the parables. It's clear that in the, the parable, the woman and the shepherd represent God in the way through his son and by the Holy Spirit he reaches out, he looks for, he searches out the lost and brings them to himself. That really is the focus of these parables. It is the care and the concern of God for the lost. It shows how infinitely valuable we are to God and how earnestly God seeks us out until he finds us and brings us to himself. You see, the shepherd and the woman, again, showed their concern for what they had lost. They showed how valuable those lost objects were to them by looking for them. And they didn't just say, oh, that sheep means so much to me, that coin was so valuable to me. They didn't just say it. They showed it. Showed it by doing something about it. Not allowing that sheep to wander too far before it was found. Not allowing that coin to rest in the dust till it was covered up and couldn't be found. But by showing their concern, dropping what they were doing, putting everything aside and looking for what was lost. What a beautiful picture of our salvation. What a wonderful picture of the heart of God. God is in the business of seeking and finding his people. If you are a believer today, if you trust in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation, it is because God in his grace, in God in his mercy, and in God in his concern has gone looking for you and has brought you to himself. It is so interesting to me that so often in evangelical Christendom, we act as though God's lost and we're looking for Him. What do people say today? Well, I found the Lord or I've discovered Christ. I didn't know God was lost. I thought we were lost. That's what the Bible says. We're lost. And God in His mercy comes seeking, looking hunting, finding lost souls like you and like me. Don't ever pat yourself on the back because of your salvation. But give all glory and praise to God, the good shepherd who called you by name, who went looking for you and brought you to himself. Isn't that what makes salvation so wonderful? We don't deserve it. We don't Merited, we've wandered from the fold. That's what Isaiah 53 says. We're all that way. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Each one of us has gone our own way. But the Lord, in His grace and mercy, has laid on Him, on His Son, the iniquity of us all. And through the finished work of Christ, He is able to rescue us from destruction. I know the Bible admonishes us. To seek the Lord. Isaiah 55 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him 
Let the wicked forsake his and the unrighteous his faults. Let him return to the Lord, he will have mercy upon him. Absolutely. The joy of this is right after that. God's ways are not our ways. And our thoughts are not his thoughts. Why do we seek the Lord? Because God has first sought us. John 10. And he calls you by name and beckons you to come to himself. And when he calls, guess what? You respond. It's the heart. It's the heart of God. In reaching out to those who are in a desperate situation. But the one other thing that really comes through here is not just the concern, but the joy. Don't miss the joy. In both parables, there's this admonition, rejoice with me, I have found what was lost. And then in both parables, Jesus goes on to say, I tell you, verse 7, in the same way, the same way the shepherd rejoiced over finding his sheep, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Verse 10, in the same way, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels over one sinner who repents. Notice who has the joy. It wasn't the sheep that was found. It wasn't the coin that was discovered. It was the shepherd and the woman who did the looking, who did the finding. Rejoice with me because I have found what was lost. The heart of God. In seeking the lost and rejoicing when the lost are found. Now it would be really easy, wouldn't it? To leave those parables right there. It'd be easy to take just enough blessing to know that this is a description of God's heart. And seeking and saving the lost and rejoicing in the fact that through his mercy you and I have been saved but we can't stop there we must I think take another step further and ask the question the more difficult question does, does that reflect our hearts maybe a more pertinent question would be what describes us the most? Scribes and Pharisees who are sold up over Jesus spending time with sinners looking down our noses at those who aren't quite like us scorning those who spend time with them or the woman and the shepherd he realized something was missing and could not rest until they found it. Still another question would be, do we share the joy of the salvation of the lost that God obviously enjoys in these parables? Now, I don't know about you, 
those questions are very convicting to me. I've had to ask myself this week some honest questions. I've had to ask myself, do I really share the heart of God for the lost? Do I really find joy in the salvation of those who are apart from Christ? Do I fret over a lost soul as much as I fret over my lost keys? And do I find as much joy in hearing of someone being converted as I do when I find them? To be honest, I'm just a little bit embarrassed by my answers to those questions. And maybe you are too. You know, one of my prayers is that God would give us the opportunity through the life and ministry of our church to see more and more conversions. That we would see the lost come to faith. That we would be a church that is burdened by those who are missing And that we would not rest until God uses us by his grace to bring the lost to faith. Would you join me over the next several weeks or months? Maybe we could commit to the end of the year at least to pray together, to pray about that. That God would give us a heart like his. A heart that really is touched by the state of the lost. A heart that is moved to action by the needs of those who are apart from him. A heart that is diligent in proclaiming the truth of the gospel, pursuing those who don't know him, and a heart that is full of joy when the lost are found. I I can't think of a greater blessing than that. God hear and answer our prayers to that end and give us hearts that desire that opportunity and that blessing. Let's pray. Father, thank you again so much for your word. And we pray that you would speak to our hearts through it. Father, we're about to sing of the deep, deep love of Jesus. And I pray that you would give us that deep, deep love, not just for him, but for the lost. And use us to look for them and to find them by your grace. We ask it in Jesus' name.